All right. What's up, Jake Rhodes? What's up, Paul? How are you? Good, man. I was uh, obviously we were just chatting right before on here, but I love that shirt. Uh, you, you you gave me some swag a while back. Um, I'm going to ask you a little bit. Tell me about that company at a certain point, but I just love swag. It's just hard to hard to not like swag. Well, I think the most important part is, and we we talked about it a minute ago, is having stuff that people actually want to wear. You know, so when we create T-shirts and different stuff like that, like make it the the good 50-50 or tri-blends, stuff that people want to work out in that they could wear casually with jeans or whatever, not the old school Gildan t-shirts. Don't that, that Hane it, it, bullshit. It's Don't your skin. That bullshit. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Right. Scratchy t-shirts. Nobody wants it. Yep. Business principles to live by. Make sure you get good t-shirts. That's right. Otherwise, you're wasting money. <laughs> yep. All right, man. So, um, Tell me a little bit about your business. You do a lot of different cool things. Um, tell me a little bit about like what market you're in, what your what your real estate business looks like. We'll start there. Sure. Yeah, so um, I'm originally from Indianapolis, uh, live in Northwest Indiana now. So we're about two hours north of Indianapolis, but about 45 minutes to downtown Chicago. So we're kind of right tucked up right in that uh Northwest Indiana, but on the Indiana side, not in Illinois, messing with that. So right now, as far as real estate goes, it's myself. I've got two amazing partners, Seth Hardy and Michael Becerra. Um, so we're kind of a three-headed monster up here. And we focus mainly on three, uh, three counties in our area. But the demographic up here is almost a million people in Northwest Indiana. So although there's no big buildings or skyscrapers or anything like that, uh, there, there are people here. So um, currently right now we, we do wholesale, we do fix and flips, um, we do some buy and hold stuff. And we've been in business on the real estate side of things for about two and a half years. I've been investing personally for about five or six years. And we've really just kind of ramped it up like a lot of people have over the last few, but really trying to, to build out processes and, and build a strong team because we want to be here for, for years to come. So. Yeah, and you and I got to know each other through a mutual mastermind that we're in, Collective Genius. Um, and I got to hear you speak for the first time at the last event. And you spoke about, well, what I really took out of your presentation was about meetups and how you have guys have approached that. Can you tell me a little bit about what's worked for you, you know, with that? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things, Paul, with that is, like I said, we focus really on three different counties here in Northwest Indiana. And we eat, live, sleep, play, raise our families in this community, and we want to be a part of it. And one of the biggest things that I take away from Collective Genius is the whole give aspect. You know, when we're in the, the breakout sessions, you, you have a give, you give to everybody in the community there. And then you can, you can have an ask where you ask for some help. And that's kind of what we're trying to do here. Only we're not really asking for anything. We're just trying to give. And we've been in the business for a handful of years and we definitely don't know everything there is to know about real estate investing, but we try to collectively gather a group of people and give what we can which also allows other people to learn. So we have a meetup. Uh, we started it every month. And then over the summer, we realized that, that uh, people get really busy. So we're, we're kicking it back up. And it's probably going to be every other month or quarterly thing. Actually, we got one coming up in a couple of weeks. We're planning right now. 
but it's, it's trying to get people that are invested in real estate, all levels, beginner, all the way up to experience and bringing them all together in the rooms. We have agents, we have insurance, we have mortgage brokers, we have investors, we have private lenders, um, contractors. And because of that, we've, we've helped build out our team. We found people to, to add to our team that it keeps showing up to these events. And we've picked up contractors. Uh, We've made a lot of strategic relationships and it's a great place to get everybody together, kind of let your guard down a little bit. And and it's okay to raise your hand and ask that, that silly, or like people say, this may be a stupid question. No, it's not a stupid question because everybody in that room was in the same spot as that person that's asking that question at some point, you know? So we try to just put everybody together and, and keep it in the community. That's super cool. Yeah, we're working on something similar. Uh, we're getting a couple of the CG guys together that are here in Colorado, and we're going to try to do the same thing because I just I'm like, man, that that's such a great idea. I don't know why we didn't take that step to do that, but it, it just brings so much goodwill and it brings so much attention to what you know what your business is doing. And um, so I thought it was a great idea. Um, and you and I, when we met each other, we were talking the first time we talked uh, about this world of blockchain, right? And talking about the yeah. whale. So you're in the whale club. And uh, I want to ask you a little bit about your experience with the certainty operating system. We'll come back to blockchain because I know that that's everybody gets hung up on that, right? Blockchain is just a tool that we're using as investors. Um, and so you, you were involved with this most recent cohort where we, we've talked about the four wealth principles and all these just different things. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience with that. What did you learn as, as a result of you know, going through that process and learning a certainty operating system? I think the biggest thing is having self-discipline. And we, we've talked about this numerous times, you know, being entrepreneurs, I'm, I'm as guilty as everybody with the, the shiny object syndrome. And every idea sounds like the best idea in the world until you can, you can prove that, that maybe it's not. But I'm also one of those type of people that I like to take a crack at, at everything. You know, if, if you see something that's maybe working out there is, is giving it a, a good try. But when you do that, you get your, you get your hands in, in multiple different buckets and that can be very distracting. So then therefore you're doing a lot of things kind of half speed or, or half as, as well as you should. So I think one of the, the most important part, and we, we actually talked about it recently, was the uh, throwing things through the four lenses, which is time savings, uh, is it forcing function, is it cost savings, and uh, is it a re- revenue generator? And that's something that we recently uh, kind of ran through the system there with our, um, with our CRM. You know, we were deciding to go to a new CRM and we ultimately weighed all the options. So whether you're talking about blockchain or you're talking about a major decision in your business, it's trying to be disciplined with your approach and making calculated choices that support what your decision is that's going to set you up for the long run. And that goes with with investing. You can get caught up in the emotional side of things. I went and looked at a, a small multifamily building this morning and I called my partners. I'm like, oh my God, I love this thing. Like, this is beautiful. Like we got to do it right away, you know? And, and you get in there, and, but ultimately you got to make sure that the facts are there, that the numbers will work, that everything 
besides the fact that it's a, a gorgeous brick building and we can get into it, you know, relatively inexpensive, it's, you gotta, you gotta, uh, put your blinders on somewhat and focus and make sure that everything is going to work out in the long run. Yeah. The real question that it, this all boils down to in my mind is how do, how do I make decisions? You know, I have a yep. decision in investing. I have a decision in business. I have a decision in personal life. Okay. What I found before I learned any of this was, well, how do I make decisions? Sometimes I have, I think things through, but yep. just as often, maybe even more often than not, <laughs> I'm just reacting, right? My, my, like my impulses are leading me to a decision or not. Ooh, multifamily. What a cool, shiny object. Let's go after right. that. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, how we make decisions, I think people just have a tendency to just skip right past that. I did. Is that what you've observed in, in your, your life? Like, how did you make oh, yeah. decisions before, you know, before learning any of this? How, how are you making your decisions? Well, I, I think sometimes, and, and in this world of social media, you can get caught up in it, that it, it worked for so-and-so, so it's got to work for me, right? And I, I think that that can, be, uh, that can be very toxic as well, because, you know, you, you try to compare yourself to other people or do what other people are doing, but ultimately you have a different situation. So prime example, we were just in a Collective Genius down in Tampa a couple of weeks ago. And you're in a room, breakout sessions, and, and people are giving and they're talking about their, their various different businesses and they're, they're presenting their give, thing that, something that's working in their business. Well, everybody in the room is great at presenting and they're, they're all talking about some sort of success story for, for the most part. And all these things are things that maybe we're not doing in our business. So ultimately, we come back and we've got this big laundry list of all these things that can take our business to the next level, but there might be 30. And it's like, where do you start? Because all of them could impact your business, but what's gonna move the needle the most? And fortunately we got, we got hooked up with, uh, we've been working with sharper um, business processes for most of this year. And fortunately we had our quarterly event right after we got back, which was perfect timing because we had this big list of 30 things that myself, Mike and Seth thought were the most critical things we got to implement in our business right away. And he quickly, we, we went through an exercise where we independently ranked everything, how it's going to move the needle. And we had uh, our entire team there too. And we brought, broke it down into seven things that we need to focus on this quarter. The rest of the stuff we throw out right away. Like don't even waste any brain space or, or power or energy on it. And that was a huge eye-opening moment because you can't do 30 things at once, you know? And you probably can't do seven things at once either. So from there, we broke it down where I'm responsible for three things this quarter, Seth's re responsible for three things and Mike's responsible. Now we have our team underneath us that we can help, but ultimately we're kind of the, the captain of those three things. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna help simplify how we, how we proceed. Well, and, and what Gary has, what he's developed as part of the sharper system. And actually he, you know, at the last CG event, I mean, he used this specific phrase, 
which is like, you have to have a, an operating system for your business. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. agree more because <laughs> that's why he's so effective is because he can come in and be like, I know that your human reaction is to want to do this. Right. That, but that doesn't always serve us in business, our, our natural impulses. You know, we, we talked on our call earlier today about human beings being hardwired a certain way. You know, we are still, we've evolved, right, over time. I, and, and we still have the same brain that we did back in the, the woolly mammoth days, as, as, as Steve and I say. And, you know, back then in this fight or flight part of our brain, we were wired to maximize every opportunity, right? Yeah. Take advantage of every situation because we don't know the next time we're going to be able to shoot that woolly mammoth. So we got to maximize for this. But that doesn't yeah. serve us in business anymore. And so how that shows up is you get back from a mastermind and you're like, we're going to do everything. We got, we're going <laughs> to everything. rip this out. We're going to do a new marketing campaign, get rid of this, you know, CRM, yada, yada, yada. And the point is like, well, that's not surprising because that's how we're hardwired. If you don't have an operating system, your business will continue to take on more obligations, continue to find ways. You'll continue to find ways to get distracted. It's like, Ooh, squirrel. Like that's what our, that's it what is. our does yeah and that's not to not to give a commercial for for sharper and gary and what they do but they they help keep us focused on that you know they really do and, and that's important because entrepreneurs and business owners we're all wired very similar in that aspect you know um another example this morning i woke up and i see ethereum up 10 percent, right and then and in the previous times Obviously, the, the market's all over the place right now, right? But in previous times, I'd be like, oh, does this mean it's going? Do I need to buy more? Is it, is it on the way up right now? You know, and I think you get caught up in that stock market, same kind of thing. You know, you, you, you try to buy low and, and sell high and do all that, but you get caught up in that where you see the charts and you see the percentage. And there's a reason, you know, that you get alerts that those are the alerts that pop up on your phone, you know, sometimes. But it's just interesting because, you know, you're, you get that, uh, I don't know, kind of that FOMO, That's you know, exactly the fear right. of missing, you get the fear of missing out and they, that you're going to miss the boat or somebody's doing this and you want to, you want to do that too. And that's a, that's a scary, scary place to be, you know, I mean, ultimately you're gambling at that point. Yeah. And it's not just, it's just, it's not just crypto. Like we feel FOMO. Yeah. When we show up to CG and we see all these other people, and we're like, if the, if it's working for them, I want to do it. Yep. Right. It, it, FOMO doesn't necessarily it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. We use that term because it's just you know it's a fun acronym. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it also shows up in like urgency. You're rushing to try to get somewhere. It's like you're making fear-based decisions. I got to catch up. Another way of I've I've seen this time and time again is like. That's why you have to be careful at Collective Genius. First of all, the folks in CG Select are looking up at the guys in CG Premier and they're saying, how do I get there as fast as possible? Yep. Not recognizing these guys have been in, in business for a decade. Yep. And so this like urgency, rushing, trying to get somewhere faster than we need, you're taking on significantly more risk by doing that. 
And again, it's, 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 it has nothing to do with reality, has everything to do with our hardwiring, right? We yep. were hardwired to chase more and more and more and more. So we have to fight those natural tendencies. The way we do that is through an operating system. That's, that's right. I, the, the closer versus more kind of thing, right? So, so one of the things, and, and uh, I'll put this out there. When I gave my presentation, one of my asks was this, this year in 2023, we want to get a hundred doors is what I said. I want to get up to a hundred rental doors in the portfolio for, for myself and our two business partners. And, and Jimmy Vreeland challenged me on that. And I'm glad he did because since he did that day, I have thought about it multiple, multiple times. And at that time, I said it was part of my macro belief, which I do believe. I do believe in real estate. I do believe in crypto and, and blockchain and, and those sorts of things. But he, he asked if, if I wanted 100 doors because uh, like the vanity or to be able to gloat and, and say I had 100 doors. And that wasn't it at all. Ultimately, I put that metric of 100 doors just because if I made X amount of dollars per door, the amount of passive cash flow that, that we would receive. But really, saying 100 doors is just it's, it's such a loose, uh, such a loose number with no backing on it. And I've thought about that. Like you could have 100 doors and lose on every single one of them, right. you know, and, and, and that doesn't matter. Or you could have 10 and make more than 100, however it works out, when really it should be what is that passive cash flow? Uh, number that, that, that we're looking at collectively with time, effort, and energy put in there and create a formula and work backwards from there. Um, not just throwing out an arbitrary number of 100 doors just because maybe it sounds cool or, or whatever it is, which wasn't the, wasn't the case. Really, it's, it's trying to build the portfolio. And the reason being is to have that passive cash flow that our, that our business can continue to build off of for long-term and, and long-term wealth. But I'm glad that Jimmy challenged me on that. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things I, I think you got to just sit down and, and shift your mindset from time to time and be willing to, to, uh, to adjust, but think about, uh, think about the metrics, I, I guess, you know, and how you're going to reverse engineer some of this stuff. I mean, you're talking about clarity. <clears throat> that's, yeah. that's what I'm hearing. And, and Jimmy was right to question, you know, what he said is, why do you want a hundred doors? Right. And in engineering, we call this a tool of a th what's called a three by five. Why we use it to get to the root cause of the problem. In this case, we're trying to get the root cause of like, what is it that you really want in life? Right. So I want to get a hundred doors. Well, why? Well, because I want to create passive cash flow for my business. Okay. Why? Yep. Well, now we're getting somewhere, right? Right. <laughs> and you start drilling down and you go and you ask that why question five times, you're probably going to get to the actual root cause. But most people are just like, I just want a hundred doors. They don't have, that doesn't mean anything. It's like, well, would 99 do? It's like, right. I, I, I don't actually know, <laughs> you know? Why do you yeah. want that? Well, if you don't have clarity on it, you can't work backwards to solve it. We call that the solvable problem. That's right. Right? So if, 
if you if you don't and and solvable problem equals clarity in this case, right? People have other language to define this. Uh, some people will say like, "What's your why?" Well, what they're saying is three by five. Why you want a hundred doors? Well, why? Well, why? Well, why? Well, why? Well, why? That should get you to your why, your last why, right? You know, I, I don't mind that language. I'm I'm obviously an engineer, so I prefer more, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> problem solving. And so like the solvable problem and, and, and really getting clarity on what are you trying to optimize for? Because we can't catch everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, you learned about the solvable problem. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about how that maybe applies to your personal life and your investments and your business. Yeah. So I, I think with the solvable problem, it's ultimately, like we're saying, where do you want to end up and where do you want to be? Um, and, and it can, it can be, uh, you can have a solvable problem for, uh, for a, a business, for a business. You can have a solvable problem for your family aspect. You can have a solvable problem for where you want to be at the age of 50. Um, and I think that that's the biggest thing is like, okay, here's the solvable problem is the answer, right? That's where you want to get to. So then you got to work backwards from that and figure out how to reverse engineer it. What are the steps you need to take? What's the time frame? What is going to get you ultimately to that place where you're going to be at? And I spent some time in, in, in my little journal here as we've continued to learn through the whale club calls and, and uh, the meetups and things, taking notes because my solvable problem today, I ultimately the biggest one that I'm trying to figure out is like for myself and my family. Right. I want to set my, my daughters up in a position. I got daughters eight and 10. I'm married with a wife um, and where I want to be at the age of 50. I'm 40 now. So in 10 years from now, where we want to be, where I want my daughters to be. Uh, that's the most important thing for me right now. That's my why is, is to put my daughters into a position um, where they can strive, where they can learn and choose whatever path they want to do whether that's in, in, in business, going to college, uh, if they decide to, to get into real estate, whatever that may be. But I want to have those experiences that we have the opportunity to provide them experiences in life. So that's one of my biggest solvable problems is as the husband, as the father is trying to get our family to a certain place, but teaching them values all along. Mm -hmm. So I think that's my most important one. Now, when we talk about solvable problems within our business, we come, we come across them all the time. They're, they're small solvable problems. There's, there's larger ones. And I think that that's where the planning and, and getting with our team, myself and, and Seth and Mike on a regular basis to sit down and hammer out the details and figure out a path and who's going to do what to reverse engineer where we need to go. Um, but with that, I think you got to cut out a lot of the noise, Paul, too. I mean, there's a lot of noise and you can get distracted and your solvable problem can change. You know, your end goal, I mean, that often can change too. So how often do you get back? And I, I, I guess I'd, I'd lean on you a little bit. Like how often do you get back and adjust your solvable problem? Um, you know, your big picture. Um, as often how as often possible. Do you, yeah. As often as possible. <laughs> you know, and, and so this podcast is called the Investor Frame Podcast. There's a reason why I titled that. Inside our certainty operating system, we learn about something called the investor frame. What the investor frame 
And the frames that we use are like glasses that we wear, right? And it's going to give you a different perspective, maybe a different kind of a color sort of thing, right? So the investor frame says, knowing what I know now, mm. every day we're getting more data in, more information, right? And knowing, so knowing what I know now, would I choose to opt in to my current situation? Yeah. Would I choose to stay where I'm at? And another way of saying that is like, well, knowing what I know now, has the end point changed? And if it has, well, I deserve, I reserve the right to change my mind. Like, and the best way I can describe this, and um, I don't know if you've heard me use the, the Google Maps analogy for solvable problem, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it right now, how, do, how Google Maps works, because Google Maps is a solvable problem. It's an algorithm, basically. And, yep. and when you go on Google Maps, it needs two things from you. It says, well, where are you right now? And where are you going? And then based on the speed limits and the local laws and the traffic patterns, we're going to tell you the best way to go so that you get there the quickest without breaking any laws. Right. Without having to speed or take on all this unnecessary risk. You know, it's like, hey, if your wife told you, you know, you're having, a, let's say you're having another baby, right? And you happen to be out at some house. No more babies. <laughs> Hypothetical situation here, Jake. Yeah. You know, she's like, hey, the baby's coming in an hour. And you're like two hours away. Well, if you type into Google Maps, it's like, yeah, it's going to take you an hour to get there. You might have to like, speed and run a bunch of stoplights and go really fast and take on a whole bunch of risk right but if she if she tells you hey you're like you're 45 minutes away she says hey i need you to be here in an hour well great actually you should you shouldn't take any additional risk don't speed sure don't run any stoplights because we don't want you to get pulled over or anything that's going to derail you from getting where you're going so the whole idea is well with Google Maps, we have such clarity. We know exactly where we are. We know where we're going. We know all the we we know all the variables. And Google Maps can be like, "Cool, go this way." But we don't do that in our life, right? And by the way, you like you said, I reserve the right to be like. I used to give this analogy and say like, "Hey, I'm in Denver," and chasing more is like saying, "I just want to go north." But like, what does that mean? I could send you north to Seattle. I could send you north to Indiana. I could send you north to Maine or Minneapolis. Like north means a lot of different things. How do I sure. know that I'm getting closer to that? Well, you don't. It's arbitrary. It means nothing. In business, that means I want to make more money. I want to buy more stuff. I want to grow a bigger business. I want to scale my business. What does that mean? Did you just say you're trying to go north? Because Google Maps doesn't know what the hell to do with that. It, in the case of like scaling a business larger and doing that, does that create more happiness, do you think? Well, I think it comes back to what do you value personally, right? Mm -hmm. So we've talked, have I talked with you about the timer acronym? No. So timer is a way to make my notes here as I'm talking with you. And I wrote noise, the noise you were referring to noise, that's the backseat driver in the Google, in the Google uh, analogy, right? The noise that we experience as the backseat drivers. But um, let's talk about the currencies that we trade. 
So actually I've adjusted this to be a timer. So what that means is we've got all these different currencies that we trade. So we have attention, we have time, we have influence or impact, money, of course, energy or effort. And then we have reputation and relationships. I can't spell. We get it. Page, whatever. <laughs> Point is, is like everybody wants to talk about money. So you're like, well, how how big should I scale my business? Or like, why would someone want to scale a business bigger? Well, of course, you can make more money. It's actually my opinion that the bigger the business gets, the less profitable it can be. Sure. So what you're really doing is you're scaling more energy and effort and more time dedicated to it. The bigger your business is, oftentimes the more time and energy you have to devote to it. Now, that's not always the case. You know, we talk about there's, it's not a one size fits all, but like, what is the currency that you actually value? So you say you wanna scale your business, why? Well, because I wanna make more money, why? Because I wanna spend more time with my girls when they're young. Yep. Why? Because nothing else matters to me. And if I miss that, I fail as a father. Great. So by scaling your business, is that going to give you more time and energy to spend with your daughters? Nope. <laughs> oh. So we, we are like, oh, but no, but I can make more money. And then one day I'll be able to have this business that I can step out. It's like, but that's actually getting you further away from what you want. Yeah, and it, it, when, when does enough become enough? That's right. You know? Well, and so let me, let me give you another analogy. Like, let's take Leon Barnes, for example, or Eric Brewer, some, or, or somebody that has a really large business or makes a really large impact on people. You think they're doing it to make more money? I mean, yeah, that's a nice byproduct. I would bet they're willing, they're doing it because they want to influence people. They want to make an impact in people's lives. Sure. They want to gain more relationships. They value the relationship more than the money. So these are different currencies that we trade. It's not all about money, but it is about having clarity on why are you doing this? Because if you're telling me, oh, all I want to do is build a business so I can spend more time with my wife and my kids, I'd be like, then why are you at this mastermind? Yep. When you could be home with them, you just made that decision to choose your business over them. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying what you're telling me is not, um, it doesn't align with what you say it is that you actually want more of. Most of us don't really want more time <laughs> with our kids. We want more energy when we're with them. That's fair. We want to be more present when we're there. When we show up to baseball practice, I want to, I don't want to have to take phone calls all the whole time. Like, you know what I mean? I want the energy to be present with them, not necessarily more time. COVID sort of showed us that all of a sudden we got all this time with our kids. and we're like, <laughs> Actually, it's not really time that I want. It's the energy when I'm with them. I want the right. when I'm with them. Right. So scaling a business isn't wrong.
I, I'm working on scaling multiple businesses, but I have clarity on why I'm doing it. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, <laughs> that COVID example is funny uh, because everybody for the last two years got all the time in the world with them, right? And people are ready to rip their hair out, but oh yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother, whole nother topic. Yep. All right. So I want to ask you as well about your experience with learning blockchain, because when, when you and I met, you had bought a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of ETH, like you had bought yep. a few coins and dabbled slightly, but what would you say was like your experience level at that time? Very, very novice. Uh, I got, I got in and started picking up some Bitcoin and some ETH back in 2017, 2017. So got in at a good, at a good time, uh, before it went up and then it went back down and then it went back up again. So, uh, dollar cost averaging still, still doing okay. But, uh, really at that time, Paul, I got in because it was, it was hot and it was, I had the, the FOMO deal right. going on. Right. It was like, Oh, all the buzz. It's funny. Handful of months ago, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't do anything without hearing Bitcoin, crypto, whatever, when we're up at $70,000. Now it's, it's been pretty quiet, you know, for the last several months, but that was the same thing that was happening back then. And I got it, got in at that point because I didn't want to miss the wave, you know, just playing a complete FOMO play, didn't know anything about it held on to some stuff, got reconnected, uh, got connected with you, you know, earlier this year and really started to shift my whole mindset behind the whole thing. And that's kind of setting up the whole macro belief. And do I believe in blockchain? Yes. Do I believe in Bitcoin, Ethereum? Yes. Do I believe in, in their purpose? Yes. Uh, so that I think is the biggest thing, just like I believe in real estate and I believe in e-commerce and I believe in some of these other things. I truly believe in it and I don't think it's going away. So if that's part of my macro belief, it's like the reason I, I, I joined up with you and got into the whale club is I want to learn more. And one of the first things you told me when we joined the whale club is that this is going to be moving so fast. Like I'll, a year's worth of, of information happens in like a week. It really? Does. And it's true. Yeah. And it's true. And, you know, I, I commend you for the amount of content you're putting out and, and the guests that you're bringing on to to present and speak to us, because uh, there's so much information here. And I feel like I'm, we're in the driver's seat. And I, I'll tell you right now, Paul, I'm still drinking through a fire hose. And I probably will be for the rest of my life with it when it comes to this stuff. But I know that that I'm aligned with people that, that know what's going on and that are willing to learn and willing to work together in a, in a cohesive group to try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm very involved in the real estate game. And I think one of the things, you know, that, that collectively we're trying to figure out with the whole group is how does blockchain and real estate, how, how do they intertwine and connect? Um, give you an example. We, we're using a new, uh, we're closing on a property tomorrow that we're selling and it's not our usual title company. And quite frankly, the, the way the real estate 
industry is working right now is it's like archaic with the the paper and the the uh, the paper trail for everything. It's like a nightmare. We're not using our u- usual title company. We had to get a payoff from our lender. I had signed this thing last week, sent it in, uh, did like an e-sign. We're getting the same document back yesterday because it wasn't a blue ink uh, scanned in copy, this and that. I have to go home. I have to print this thing, send it back. I got it back again today because something else with this document. And it's like, goodness, like this is just the silliest thing. But the amount of time I'm doing on, on on a single payoff. Like, why is this not on the blockchain somewhere, right? Why are we not keeping track of all these properties on the blockchain somewhere? Like, to me, there's so many opportunities out there. That's what excites me so much about this, because it's like we are are just scratching the surface on the whole crypto blockchain network. And to be involved at this point is like, like I said, it's drinking through a fire hose, but man, it's exciting because the amount of change that's coming in the years to come is going to be unbelievable. I think people liken it to the internet and 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 that whole thing when that was getting started. And there's you know there's doubters out there for sure, but I don't think it's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. No, I don't either. Um, so, who is the right person to join us? Right, we've got a pretty uh quickly our our group's growing very fast yeah but at the same time there's a lot of people who are looking at what we're doing and they're like i don't know anything about blockchain so who is the type of person that's in our group the type of person that comes and you know is is interested in this who who is that person i think if if you're okay with being the dumbest person in the room like come on and come on and join because they say if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? That's why I like being being in this room because I'm learning from everybody. I also want to say that I, I've been so impressed because there's we're in a room of, of entrepreneurs and business owners and very successful people that are on these calls and that come out to Colorado when you throw an event or, or wherever the next event's going to be. But there's no ego either, you know. I mean, people are genuinely there to learn. And to figure out like how, how they can best contribute. Um, I think if you're a business owner and you, and you have some interest in crypto, um, join the whale club. I think if you're um, somebody that uh, is into real estate, but don't have any, any part of, of crypto, um, join the whale club. If you have knowledge of it and can provide some of that knowledge, uh, Join the whale club. We're looking for everybody. Um, I have a history in in physical products and selling physical products on e-commerce and trying to figure out, we haven't even talked about this, but trying to figure out like where that plays a role in the blockchain. Like it's got a role too. Like there's so many opportunities here that Paul, that that uh, I think if you have a willingness to learn and you have dabbled a little bit or think that that there's something to this, which there is, then reach out and you can give them some more information. But I, I give you props again, Paul, the amount of effort you're putting in to, to drive this thing along has been very impressive. 
I mean, look at your setup. You got a whiteboard with a, with a <laughs> helicopter over top of you, you know? So lots changed in the last few months. That's for sure. Yeah. It's great. And, and that's not, I mean, we haven't even talked about all the stuff we can, you know, do with your MacBook and your business treasury and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, there, there's a million other things to do to set yourself up or your business up for, for years and years to come. So, well, thanks for saying all that. Um, if you guys want to learn more about what we're talking about, about the things that we, we, we go over and we learn in the, in the whale club, the types of conversations we're having, I've put together four masterclasses on the subject on our website, blockchainwhales.com. So you can go and you can watch these masterclasses completely free. Promise I won't ask for your email address. That's not what we're about here, right? Just take the free information, watch it. If it's interesting to you, there's a link down there at the bottom to join our community. You can come join the whale club with, with Jake and I and all the other folks, right? Like, um, there's a reason why people pay to join the whale club, to do the things that you and I are, are doing on a weekly basis. But we want to educate as many people as possible. We want to get make that education absolutely for free for as many people that want to get it. Um, so like I said, if you want to learn more about that, go check out blockchainwhales.com. Watch those masterclasses. If you're so inclined, it like it, you want to follow us in, you can join our community on Discord and you got the link right there. Um, before I go with you, I want to know more about your, your e-commerce business because I had a little note here and I'm like, I want to come back to that. But you know, <laughs> your, your business is, is really interesting and you come from a pretty diverse background. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're working on there? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before I, I got deep into the real estate game, I had a physical product brand that was heavy into the fitness and CrossFit space, exited that company a couple of years ago. And all along, one of the things I was trying to do every single morning for like the last eight or nine years, Paul, I wake up, I take a 20 ounce shaker of water. I would mix half a lemon, tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt. And I would drink that first thing in the morning before, before coffee, before anything, when you sleep, you lose a pound, pound and a half of water. And <clears throat> I used to travel a ton for my, for my last uh, business that I had. So all along, all along, I was trying to figure out a way when I'm staying at Airbnbs or hotel rooms, when you're traveling, how to make that convenient. So we created a product called Morning Routine, which is individual stick packs, just like this. So each one of these stick packs has a half a lemon, tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, and all six essential electrolytes. So you've seen a ton of hydration products out on the market. The best thing about this too is it doesn't have any sugar in it. Check your labels. There's a lot of those products that are out there that are big flashy because they've got uh, uh, movie stars and, and, and pop singers and Bieber and all those guys like promoting them, but they're ultimately just a sugar packet. So we wanted to create something, something clean that has hydration properties um, that helps with gut health and, and nutrition. So we created morning routine. So it's, it's a drink that you drink first thing in the morning mix it in 20 ounces of water. You can drink it. If you have too many cocktails, you can drink it the morning after too many cocktails. You can drink it. If you're hiking, you can drink it. If you're uh, hopping on an airplane and getting dehydrated. So it has multi-use purpose, but it uh, comes in stick pack. Super convenient, man. Hydration is key. So man, I used to be uh, I used to be a liquid IV guy. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that product. If you look yep. at that, it's got like 12 grams of sugar in it. And Jake was like, you know how much sugar's in that? 
And I'm like, no, I don't look <laughs> at any of that stuff. I just, <laughs> yeah, just what tastes good. And so Jake got me a whole box of these things. Uh, so I, I drink those all the time. They're, they taste amazing. Um, and I definitely drink them when I'm hungover. I also drink them when <laughs> less and less these yeah. days. After our whale call event, I had a few of them in that morning. So, um, but I just, I can't recommend them enough. They're fantastic product. I, I pretty much drink them daily because I got about 300 of them here that you sent me. Um, there you so go. Product. I love what you guys are doing there. So, well, thanks for the plug. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Um, anything else we need to touch on or you want to, you want to cover? No, I think that's good. I mean, this is exciting. Like, Again, going back to, to reasons to join the Whale Club, like I didn't know that much getting into it. Um, I believe in you. I believe in the people in the room. I believe in the people that you bring into the rooms. And um, it's just it's just amazing to hear perspectives. I Ultimately, I joined the Whale Club to try to figure out how to um, stake coins and, and to, to make some more passive income there. I had no idea this... Uh, operating system, um, the whole knowledge behind the certainty, all of that was going to be involved. Like that has shifted myself um, and, and our good friends, Brad and John, who also joined as well, uh, shifted my mindset beyond crypto. Like that's one little piece of it, but business aspect, life, home, everything like that. You, like you say, you can use this stuff over and over and over in every decision you make in life. And I had no idea that we were going to be learning all that. So this has been a whole tutorial, multi-level masterclass, Paul. So thank you for what you do, man. I appreciate that, man. Well, um, thanks for joining me today and thanks for chatting with hey, me about this. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you here uh, real soon on one of these calls. Although I may not because I'm going to Hawaii for three weeks next week. So I'm, uh, I'm going to check out for a little while. I'd love to meet you out there, man. You guys enjoy that. <laughs> Sweet. All right, Jake, man. Thanks a lot. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right.